Uh, let's go ahead and turn. Let's go to Exodus fifteen twenty six. One of the things, if you were at the life group this week or at the noon prayer earlier this week, listen, we're in 40 days of prayer and fasting. You're a third of the way through. Glory to God. Y'all are doing awesome. And breakthrough is coming. I mean, breakthrough is awesome, right? I mean, we are sensing that change in you. So here's one of the things. In this 40 days of prayer, prayer and fasting, you just don't get weary and well-doing, but keep on going. How many people have thought already, why am I doing this? Anybody besides me? I've thought it multiple times. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because God is so good. I want to make sure that I take effort to put my flesh down and I keep myself in the presence of God. He wants me there. But this is a way that I consecrate myself and make, uh, make myself act holy. I'm made holy by the righteousness of God in Christ. But that doesn't mean I choose holy living, right? Now, fasting and prayer is a part of choosing holy living. And so one of the things that we looked at this week was that in, you had the holy and the profane. And the priest said basically that God said that the priest had a responsibility to teach what the difference between holy and profane, the fact that they need to know that there's a difference. So we looked at that scripture and what it profane, a lot of people don't know what it means, but the root of it means that uh, it is common. In other words, it's common. You've taken something, when we profane God's things, we've taken something that should be up here and we've pulled it down to here. We've taken something up here and we've pulled it down to here. We've profaned it, right? This is one of the reasons why, uh, how many of y'all know, if you've been here long enough, I used to, I would leave this, actually I didn't, I wasn't carrying a Bible anymore, I, I carried my iPad. Now this, if this convicts you, then make the change. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. But I, I used to preach only out of my iPad, I'd pull up my Bible and everything be in there, and my notes and everything else. Well, I got notes in there now, but when I go to scripture, I go here, because when Pastor Tracy Harris uh, was, was here a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago, he started talking about this thing and the Lord was talking to me about it. By the way, he's coming back in a few months. Amen. You're excited. It's going to be awesome. So anyway, he started talking about, look on your phone, on your iPad. What do you do on there? What do you do? You do everything. Email, phone calls, surf the web, maybe stuff you shouldn't do, right? This is common iPad, common this is, this is stuff. And what I was doing, and I, this is what I needed to change in my life was, I was also looking at my Bible on there. And I was pulling from there. So then when I read scripture, whether I like it or not, or whether I know it or not, I'm pulling something holy down to something common. And it has an effect in how I read it. It has an effect. And so what is that doing? Now, does everybody need to do that? Does everybody need to switch? If the Lord convicts you, yes. But here's what everybody needs to do. Pay attention to making things of God common. Or live in your life in a common way when God has called you to live holy. When he's called you to live to another level. And I'm looking at a whole bunch of people that are called to live at another level. Amen. You're not common. You're called to live at another level. That's who you are. Y'all look good. Amen. Amen. You look a lot better up there in the holy places than you do in the common places. Amen. But that takes paying attention to it, being mindful of it, being intentional and, and, and stop just letting the world dictate to you how we live life. That'll take us changing habits. What I want us to focus in from this day forward is, Lord, we're not going to be a common people because you're not common and we are part with you. And if we're part with you and we move to a common thing, then essentially what we're doing is we're pulling you into something common. That doesn't mix. That is not ever designed to mix. We're supposed to keep God 
holy. That means that we walk holy, we choose to act holy, we think holy. That means we walk in it. So we don't mix the holy and the profane. And I'm, I'm announcing right now, Boomerang Church is not a place of common in Jesus' name. It is a holy place. It is a place where the presence of God, the Spirit of God is not grieved because its people have chosen to make it and keep it holy, not treat it common. Even the service, this is not a common service. It might happen here every week, but it is not worldly. It is not common. It's a holy service. We're reaching out. We're meeting a holy Holy God here this morning and he's going to touch his holy people. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I might need to grab the water. <laughs> I got it. So leave that there. Amen. So last week we started looking at the fact that healing can be yours. Now, if you're a believer, right? If you are a Christian Healing not only can be yours, it already is yours. And whether you walk in it or not is a different thing. And any person on this earth, if they will accept Christ, healing can be theirs too. It can be, it can be theirs too. And so that's what we were looking at. And I want you to say this with me. We said it last week, but repeat it with me now. I may have come in one way. But I'm leaving healed and I'm taking healing with me. All right. Now, one more time, like we're separating ourselves. This is not common. This is awesome. Holy things of God. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed and I'm taking healing with me. You believe that? Then what, what do you have in your hands? You got healing. You're taking it with you. People that you meet, you're taking it with you. This week, earlier this week, I want us to be praying about something. I went and I had a meeting uh, with, with the mayor, Mayor uh, Ronnie Michael. And so we sat down and talked and just got to know each other a little bit better. And I asked him, what can we do? What can Boomerang do to help you, to serve you? He said, I want you, I want you to pray. He said, there's two things immediately. He knew exactly what they were. He said, number one, uh, the Pfeiffer campus that's happening in the city, we want all that to get wrapped up. It's on track. They actually had some benefit that would come by them pausing for a second. They're in the middle of getting that worked out. And then he said, I, I want that to bring back restaurants and small business and, and some even some shopping. I want it to revitalize downtown. He said, I'm praying that that will help be the catalyst for that. The other thing is they bought some land. They want that to be developed right on time without issue. Well, we know that God can give us favor, that he can make his will done with favor, give favor to man with, with men and God, right? We know that he can do that. So he asked us to be praying over that. So anytime you think about the city, you think about the mayor, be lifting that up. And then I ask him, what is, uh, personally, what can I do? Well, he has a family member that's not been uh, feeling well. They need really need healing in their body. I said, we'll pray. And I prayed with them. But when I did, I, when we reach out and we shook hands, right? And I prayed for him. What am I doing? I'm releasing what I'm bringing with me. I'm taking something with me. You are taking something with you everywhere you go. You are the healed of the Lord and you're taking healing with you. And when you take it with you, you are empowered by God. Every one of us is a priest and a minister of God. And we're carrying that healing with us. You are not going empty handed. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's you. It's every single one of us. That's who you are. You might not. Do you always feel like it? Well, maybe not. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what that word says. I'm bringing healing with me. Amen. Now, one of the things that we looked at was this. We said, uh, I said, I told you this last week. Even if you're in perfect health right now, I mean divine health. Listen, we are ambassadors of God and we have a responsibility to raise our faith for healing for ourselves and others. Think about the centurion servant, right? The centurion servant. Whose faith was it that got that servant healed? Was it the servant? Jesus never even saw the servant. 
Whose faith was it that Jesus praised? It was that centurion. In other words, even if you're walking in divine health, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As you hear this message, something's going to rise up on the inside of you that I'm a carrier of the healing of God. Amen. Glory to God. All right. The other thing is the word says this in Mark 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are, are those signs following you? Let it challenge you. Are those signs following you? And even if they are following you, are they following you as often as you would like? I want to see it more. I see it all the time, but I want to see it more. I want to see healing take place more and more and more and more. I've had two or three things just this week where people got healed just this week. But here's the thing. I want to see it more. I want to walk in more of it. Well, how do I raise that up? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You sit under this word preached about healing. Faith will help rise, help you and rise up inside of you. And then uh, one of the things that we talked about just starting off is, is healing the will of God? That's where we started. And the first thing we did was we talked about how to pray. And we established, go back and watch it last week. You need to know this. We established that you only pray if it be thy will. People have taken two basic passages out of context. And both of those passages are places where God had not revealed the fullness of everything. And so because they didn't know the will of God, humility said, Lord, I don't know what your will is, but what your will is, let it be done if it be thy will. Right. Jesus prayed it. And then uh, they were praying it in another passage talking about uh, what you're going to do in future days. But then when we know what the will of God is, we don't pray if it be thy will. He's already spoken what his will is and healing falls into that category. It is concrete in the word that God always wants to heal his people and he always wants to heal anybody else. The question is, will they let him? Will they let him be God in their life? Now, if they, I will say this, if they present themselves as an enemy of God and they've made up their mind to be an enemy of God, they fall into a different category. They fall into the place where they meet a covenant God. And trust me, they don't win that battle. Right. You fall into the place where you've decided I don't want to go after God anymore. I'm, I'm his enemy. I'm causing destruction to it. Enemies of God, enemies of his people. You fall into the place where God's a covenant God. Imagine like this. You walk into my house and you start trying to harm my family. You have classified yourself now as my enemy. You're not going to like what's coming next. Amen. Right. Why? Because I'm in covenant with my family. I'm in covenant with my wife. I'm in covenant with my children and I have a right to protect them and should the same way that God would protect you. The same way God, see covenant God is only scary to the people that are his enemies or that are coming against his family. But covenant God to his covenant people, people that will decide to love him and choose him. Oh, it's an awesome promise because he says, he says, no evil will befall you. None. As we apply faith to that, no evil has to befall you. Oh, there's all kinds. He says, all these fiery darts will be quenched. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Right. Nothing. The evil won't even come near your dwelling. All of these scriptures, these are absolutes. And what are they based on? The love of a covenant God. But if somebody will move out of being an enemy of God and into going after him, his will is to heal always because he is a healer. It's always his will. Not only that, but look in the New Testament. Who did Jesus heal? Did, he, did Jesus heal his family? Well, he healed mostly the Jews. But did Jesus only heal the people of God? Did he heal Christians? There were no Christians when Jesus was there. Until, until later, now he does. But at the time that Jesus was walking on the earth, he was healing people that were in the family, but he healed other people. You know, like the Syrophoenician woman. She was not a Jew. 
the centurion's servant. We don't know whether they were or not, but it looks like they were. But here's the thing. They weren't even in the family of God. They weren't Christians yet. And yet, yet, they got healed. Why? Because the will of God is to heal anyone that will have him. The only people that are exempt from that is if they present themselves as enemies of God. You see, Egypt did that. Pharaoh did that, right? And even with Pharaoh, did he give them a way out? He sure did. He sure did. And not only that, but if you go back to Egypt, if you go back to Egypt and look at that, it even see most of it in the scripture we'll read in a minute in from the King James and everything says God did it to him. But there's another scripture that says the destroyer came and did it. It was the destroyer that went about destroying. And that's not God. God is a healer. God's a healer. There was, I would say, some mistranslation from the original into English at some point. And once you understand that, you see that God allowed it to happen. But even what he allowed, he gave them a way out. All they had to do was put the blood on the door. All they had to do was apply the blood and they would be covered and no evil would befall their household. Apply the blood. That's all we got to do today. Apply the blood of Jesus in our lives, what Jesus has paid for, and healing can be ours. Protection can be ours. Amen. So we looked at our God of healing. And let, let's look at this. Exodus fifteen twenty six. He says, and this is what I was talking about. He said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I put on the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Now, if you look at a literal translation uh, you'll see that those verb tenses, it, it would say it more like this in our language today. It would say, I, the Lord, will put none of these on you that I allowed on the Egyptians. Right? That's the verb tense. It's an allowative. Instead of him doing it, he allowed it. But he warned them about it the whole time. He's like, you're entering into it. Look, Pharaoh, Egyptians, you are entering into a place you do not want to go. And I'll give you a way out, but you don't do this. He warned them, you know, 10 plagues. He was warning them the whole time. And then in the end, he even gave them the way out with the blood on the door, representing the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But then he says, I won't put any of the diseases on you. And look what he says, for I, the Lord, am your healer. This says in the original language in the Hebrew, it says, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. In the literal translation, it says it like this. He says, he says, I, Jehovah, or I, God, am healing you. Uh, in other words, he's in the process of healing all the time. And the reason that we said that is because he is healing. Can you imagine God being up in heaven, sitting on his throne? Oh, excuse me, Jesus. Sorry about that. Can you imagine that? He's not dealing with that. Why? Because that whole sickness was a part of the curse. He's got no curse in him. He is healing himself. See, if God's up on the throne and we get up there in his presence and we stay there, there's no other choice but for healing to get in on us because he is healing. It is who he is. It's his character. It's his nature, right? That's his character and nature. He is healing. If we just get in with him, it just starts happening. I can't tell you how many stories over the years a church is moving. They're, they're drawing on the Lord. The presence of God shows up. And what they really do is that body. It, it's less the presence of God showing up. God's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. It's less uh, the presence of God showing up as it is the presence of God manifesting. And the reason it manifests is because a body puts down profane and common things, rises to a level of holiness, and that gives them entrance into some spiritual things. 
And all of a sudden, the manifestation of God's presence shows up and people just start popping, healing. Oh, and your ears open, arms grow out, stuff like that. Why? They just got in the presence of God who is healing. We, we wrote this down. Our God is healing. God is not just a healer. He is healing itself. To have him is to be healed. To be in him, to be in God, is to be healed. To be in Christ is to be healed. Are you, believer, Christians, are you in Christ? Then what do you have already? You are healed already. You start to see that as a reality more than what you, what you see in the flesh. It will be real to you. Yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, I had it a couple of times this week with me. I was not feeling good. Don't you know that the devil comes immediately to steal the seed of the word? How many people were challenged in their flesh in healing this week? Look around. Look at that. Oh, well, ain't that coincidental? What a jerk the devil is. What's he doing? The word says the sower seeds the word, uh, the sower sows the word and the devil immediately comes to steal the seed. He immediately comes. Why do you think you were challenged? Because you heard some word. You heard some truth last week and he wants to come and get on top of you before you get on top of him. Right. And so anyway, had a couple of times this week and and. Like yesterday, I'll give you one with Luke. Uh, Luke, yesterday morning, he woke up. I could hear him talking like his nose was stuffed. I could, he was a little stuffy and runny. I'm like, hmm, just listening. Mm-hmm. All right, I see what the devil's doing. I didn't jump on it right then, didn't really think about it as much. But later on in the day, uh, I just figured he had had his, you know, Shoes and socks off or something. Go blow your nose. It was in the morning time. You know, you're clearing out stuff sometimes the more. I thought that was doing well. Later on in the day, I saw him again and he was just acting funny. You know, normally he's like, pum, 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 pum. Uh, but, but this wasn't happening. Right. And uh, he was a little lethargic. I went, oh, uh, uh, he didn't have a fever. But here's the thing. I know in Jesus, I am the healed of the Lord. I know that he is under my covering and he's healed of the Lord as well. So I pulled him up. Come here, Rach. I, I pulled him up and I said, come here, baby. And uh, I said, Lord, in Jesus name, we just thank you. You are healed in the name of Jesus. We praise you for it. Amen. And Nicole goes, what was he? Was he hot? I said, no, it's just preemptive. I'm not letting that devil get on top of that. No, we're, we're handling that right there. It wasn't just a few minutes. He ate the rest of his food and then it was back to, you know, then it was back to that, you know, uh, and that's, that was it. Why? You don't see when you start heading this stuff off at the pass, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier. But if I'd have waited, if I didn't know who I was and in whom I am, I'm in Christ. We are in Christ. Then I might have waited to do that. And well, let's see how he does. And then all of a sudden he's throwing up or whatever else. And then, it, you know, it's one thing to pray when he's just acting a little bit like not hungry, which that's really weird. And uh, it's one thing to, to pray right then. It's another thing to pray when there's like, you know, he's throwing up everywhere, right? I've got to then control my brain and keep doubt out. And that can be a little bit more difficult. Just head that thing off at the past. But see, I'm telling you that I had it, headed it off because I knew who I was in Christ. We knew who we were in Christ. See, when that becomes more on the inside of you, then that not feeling good, all of a sudden this simplifies a whole lot. And you start just walking in this stuff and you start staying in that place, staying in it. Amen. God is healing himself. He's not just a healer. He is healing himself. And to be in Christ is to be healed. Now, we looked at Isaiah 53, 5. It said that it prophesied about Jesus that he took our mess on him. And by King James says, by his stripes, we are healed. 
by this in the message says, but through his bruises, we get healed. Right. And then we then we said, saw that by his stripes, we are healed. Now, look, does that say any other condition there? No. But how does your victory come that overcomes the world? By faith, even our faith. So every promise of God, how does it come? By faith. So in other words, the only way this doesn't come, the only way I'm not healed by his stripes is if I'm not applying faith on that, on that subject. Well, how many times, and, and let me just ask my impact students, um, are there more than a few ways to disconnect your faith? How many, I mean, were there a bunch or, or very little? There's a bunch of ways. Didn't we find out even just this week in impact, didn't we find out about faith that our faith is sidetracked many more times than what we think. Most of the time when people think they're in faith, they're actually not. And we showed how that, how that happens, right? Because faith, because of the word, it's shown us in the word that there's a lot of ways that we can disconnect our faith even when we think we're in faith. Most of the time I've had people say, well, I was in faith and I was believing God for this and then he didn't do it. And they don't have to say very much and I can tell whether or not they were in faith or not. I can't tell that every time, but many times they'll say something and I'll know they weren't in faith because they crossed one of the things that makes our faith work. They went crosswise of it. So a lot of times people think they're in faith, but they're not. And we'll talk about faith and teach on that more later. But here's, here's the point. If the only thing, there's no other condition in there to keep the stripes of Jesus from healing us, there's no other condition but our faith. If we will put faith on the stripes of Jesus, we will be healed. So now with that knowledge, which comes straight out of the word, with that knowledge, if I pray and I don't get healed, is it because God's not a healer? No, it's because something disconnected in me. Humility, look, pride says, well, God must not have wanted to heal me that time. Like you are the one who has all the word on what God wants to do or not. What pride? No, no. If there's a disconnection, it's not God. His character and his nature is written and proven to be true. And the word says this, let every man be a liar, but God will be true. If God is true, but let every man be a liar, including myself. In other words, his character and nature is set. And on healing, it is particularly set all over the word. And then if that is set and I don't get healed, the common denominator is me. And when we, humility says, all right, mm, okay, I didn't get healed. I must have missed something. Humility says, Lord, where'd I miss it? Where'd I miss it? Help me. Help me. my loving father. Help me. Now, will you get it all right just because you prayed that prayer? Well, I didn't. I can tell you my experience. No, I still missed it a lot. But over time, with humility, you'll get better and better and better because these little things that keep derailing your faith or derailing healing, you keep getting them out of the way. You, you, keep, you get them off the track so that you can ride smooth through the will of God. But only humility will cause that. Only humility will help you get the derailments out of your life. But see, if I go in, I'm like, well, he must not have wanted to heal me. And I'm basing it on experience. I'm not basing it on the word. And that's horrible doctrine. Horrible doctrine. So he says, look, by his stripes, we are healed. And the only variable, you notice, this is what I want you to say. See, if the only variable is our faith, there is no other variable in that statement. This is an absolute statement. This is. Healing is done. It's done. Over in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it shows that everything that Christ has done is already given to the whole world. Not just to Christians, 
Not just to uh, the Jewish nation, not just to them, but it's given to the whole world. Even in, uh, turn, turn real quickly to John chapter 3. Verse 16. Have y'all ever been here before? John 6, 3, 16 and 17. Look at this. For God so loved the Jews. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, for God so loved Christians. Oh, is that not what it says? For God so loved the world, the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, we know if you've studied the word long enough, that eternal life is not just talking about going to heaven. If you study that, it is not just talking about going to heaven. It is talking about a package deal that includes heaven. But the main thing that happens is you reconnect with Jesus. You reconnect with the Father. That's in John 17, 3. You can see that. That's what really happens. And when you reconnect, if, if the Father is that table, when I come into his presence and reconnect, now what starts happening? Everything that he is starts being in my life. If he is healing, I'm healed. If he is provision, I have provision. If he is protection, I have protection. Everything starts to be. That connection allows us to go to heaven and spend eternity with him and for him and by him, but it also affords other things like uh, the healing of God. And so when that happens, I receive, when I receive Jesus, I receive eternal life. But look at verse 17. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That the, that the Israelites might be saved through him. No, that the Christians might be saved through him. No, the world. See, the Lord's heart is to open up all of his good things to the world. So healing is available not just to Christians, but it's available to the world. And it's by his stripes. He didn't even say in Isaiah 53, 5, by his stripes, Christians and the Israelites will be healed. He didn't say that. He said, by whose stripes you were healed. You are healed. That's to anybody who reads it can grab a hold of it. Anybody who reads it can grab a hold of it by faith. Now, in our inheritance, knowing Jesus in our inheritance is already ours. It's already ours. Now, through the world, right? To the world, it's available, but they want to jump into the place of their inheritance where they have everything uh, that's in Christ and everything that's in God in their inheritance. Amen? But it's good news to the world. So we see that the Bible prophesied about Jesus would be the healer. And then over in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, remember, Isaiah was prophesying about the Messiah. He said, this is what's going to happen. And then you look over here in Acts chapter 10. It says, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing bad. No, doing okay, doing average. No, he went about doing good. All right, so let's classify what Jesus did. Good, bad, or average. Good, all right? So then let's look at the action that he just is about to take. He went about heal, healing, doing good, and healing how many? All. all. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So God, who is healing, was with Jesus and empowered him to be a healer. 
And then he went about doing the things that God had made him to be. God classified that as good. And then he said he didn't just heal some. He healed all. He healed all. You're going to see this. He healed all. And then not only that, but he says he classifies anybody that's sick that he healed. What were they before they got healed? Oppressed by the devil. So who does the oppressing? The devil. And who does the healing? God. See, people want to put oppression as if it's from God. Like he can be the oppressive one. No. It's not who he is. It's not his character and nature. His heart is to see people free. That's why Jesus came. You see in Jesus, the complete picture of God. You see in him the complete picture of God, just like with the adulterous woman. Most people would attribute the Old Testament God that he would have killed and had the adulterous woman stoned. But no, through Jesus, you see her and the, uh, the wisdom of God, the character and nature of the father. You see the perfect picture of the father in Jesus and he sets her free. Just like he wants to do with your body if it's been oppressed by the devil with sickness or disease. He wants to set you free. That's who he is. It's his character. It's his nature. So then let's look at this in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Glory to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And that is the word of truth that is preached. You're hearing the word of truth. And guess what's rising up in you right now? Faith. Faith is rising in you. Can you feel it? Even if you don't feel it, if you're listening, you're getting it. <laughs> even, if you don't, even if you don't feel it, faith is rising up in you. You know, most of the, I've heard many ministers say this. Most of the time when I've seen the most powerful miracles, I don't believe it has to be like this all the time, but I can give you an experience. Most of the time when I've seen the most powerful healings and miracles is when I felt nothing. Not a thing. I'm completely praying by faith because my feelings are not telling me anything's happening. I'm praying for somebody. I'm like, dear God, this has to be you because I'm not getting anything right now. Lord, I need your help. Please come through on this. You know, is what I'm thinking. I need your help. Praise God. It's you praying through me because right now I'm not feeling it. And all of a sudden they get healed. And, and I'll be honest, sometimes I feel as, as shocked as they do. Glory to God. They're like, oh, I got healed. I'm like, oh, praise God. You know, <laughs> thank goodness, you know, because I wasn't feeling it. But see, we're not to be moved by our feelings. I, I know that inside of me is Christ living on the inside. I know that when I pray, I'm not just praying me. That's the Holy Spirit coming through me, just like he's coming through you. When you pray for somebody, if you're in Christ, you can pray the same way. I know that it's not Brian. This is the Holy Spirit that's releasing the same virtue that healed that woman with the issue of blood. The same virtue that Jesus had. It runs and courses through me too, just like it courses through you. You got that. And all of a sudden I pray, I don't have to feel a thing. I just know by faith in that word that when I pray, virtue is released. Whether I can feel it, whether they can feel it, healing starts right then. Right then. And when we'll take out and we'll step in that faith, no matter what we see, we will see results. Amen. You will see results. So Galatians chapter 3 as believers, we are redeemed from the curse. Now, I want to sh show you a little bit of a difference between a believer and an unbeliever. An unbeliever is not redeemed from the curse, but a believer is redeemed from the curse. In other words, let me just, I might, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Come back. Galatians three thirteen. Let's read it. I'm going to read it in the King James. Christ hath, past tense, present, future. Past tense. This is already done. 
Christ hath redeemed us from what? The curse. the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from the curse. Now, is this waiting to happen? For a believer, is it done? Absolutely. Is it done? Yes. This thing is done. We're not waiting on it. It's already done. We are redeemed from the curse. Being made, Christ was made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why? Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith, through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How do we receive redemption from the curse? Through faith. Through, through faith in what Christ did. Now I want you to see that on that cross, Jesus became the curse. Jesus became the curse for us. So what he did, he looked down, he saw the mess in us. He, on purpose, this is what Jesus did. He went down, grabbed a hold of that curse inside of us, got every bit of it, every bit, Hung it on himself. Now, how much is left in you? None. He, he got every bit of it, hung it on himself, and became the curse for us. Well, if he got every bit of the curse, he got every bit of it off of you and on to him, how much is left for you to walk in? None. Not a bit. It's all done. That curse is over in you. Now, here's the other thing, all right? George, come here for a second. All right, so uh, let's just have you right here. Now, here's Jesus. All right, I needed Jesus. Come here, David. Maybe George should be the Jesus. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, be Jesus, amen. All right, so, arms, there you go, good job. All right, so here's Jesus. He's got all of the curse on him. Now, let's say George is here. He's a believer, right? Hey, man, uh, why don't you come with me? Let's walk. I'm playing the part of the devil. You know, uh, you really messed up the other day, and uh, you, you, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done that. And, and I, you know, and you know how the devil does. He's like, don't tell him that I'm the one that tempted him with it. But, uh, you know, isn't the devil a scoundrel? He tempts you with it. We fall for it, and then he makes you get under condemnation for it. What a jerk. What a jerk. you got to see him as the bully jerk that he is. He's a scoundrel. Listen, he hates you. He hates you. The devil hates you. Thank God he's got no power, but he, you know, he hates you. It's just, you got to understand who he is. Stop having sympathy for the devil because a lot of people in their actions, they got sympathy because what they start doing, they start thinking, how's those arms doing over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they start thinking like the devil thinks. That's sympathizing with him. Well, you messed up the other day, you know. No, no, no. The word says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, if I messed up, I repent, I confess, I repent, and I get rid of that thing. Now I'm clean. I'm clean. I get rid of it. I don't hang out in the condemnation. But here's what the devil does. You know, you messed up the other day. And, and um, um, you know, because of that, <laughs> that's why you're sick. <coughs> right? That's why. And all of a sudden, symptoms come. And you're like, but I'm the healed of the Lord. But you messed up the other day. But you messed up the other day. I'm by his stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you messed up. Right? And so what does he do? He causes us to lift our own arms and he takes that curse. Actually, it's not even the curse anymore. It's just symptoms. It's just fakery. And he says, here, carry this load. Now, meanwhile, Jesus has already carried it. It's already done. Strong Jesus. Strong Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Strong Jesus. And meanwhile, it's already done. It's already accomplished. How stupid is it for us to carry something that's already been done? He didn't carry part of the curse for you. He carried all of the curse for you. 
Let's see. We'll listen to that condemnation and we'll say, here, let me do my right to pay my penance. To pay penance for my wrongdoings. Bad self, bad George, bad whoever messed up. Instead of just finding hope, finding help where we need it, going to the presence of God, going into the throne room of God. Amen. But can you see what we're doing when we take healing in us and say, well, God must not want to heal me this time. I'm lining up my words and my thinking with the devil, not with Christ. When we line up with that thinking, even that thought, I'm giving the devil sympathy. A jerk, a bully who hates me, wants to kill me and wants to kill your family and won't send you to hell forever because he's prideful. And all of a sudden, I'm lining up with his thinking? No. No. All right. Y'all are forgiven. Amen. Good. <laughs> Nobody asked David for a high five later, okay? <laughs> Because Christ is not going to redeem us from the curse. He's not doing it right now. He's already done it. And he didn't become part of the curse. He became every bit of it for you, for me, for everybody. It's all carried. See, and here, what's in the curse? Well, there's a lot of things in the curse. But the main one I want you to see is in Deuteronomy 28, 61. And it says this. It says at the beginning of Deuteronomy 28, he said, If you'll be obedient, all these blessings will come on you. And if you're disobedient, here's these curses that will come on you. And what's listed in the curse of the law? He lists like disease, sickness, disease. He lists all of these. But in verse 61, he says this. He says, also... Every, this is a part of the curse. By definition, it's a part of the curse. Every sickness and every plague or every disease which is written in this book of the law, everyone named or unnamed, everyone, whether you got a name for it or not. You know, there were things back then that we have names for today that they didn't have. Every sickness, every disease, named or unnamed, is in the curse. And I am redeemed, and you are redeemed. And if you're not redeemed, you can be redeemed. Glory to God. You can be redeemed from the curse. You can be redeemed by accepting Christ. But if you accept Christ, now I want you to see this. If I'm not a believer... Am I redeemed? No. So I don't have... See, sickness in the believer doesn't even have a part. It is completely illegal in your body if you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, it's illegal to be there. The devil is trying to put something on you and get you to believe that Jesus didn't carry it all. He's trying to give you something illegal. And when you go, oh, well, I must be sick. You're receiving that. And you're basically telling Jesus, you carried everything, maybe, but not this. See how that's actually pride? And not humility. Because if you look hum humble at the word, if you look humble at the word, you can see clearly that the believer has no part with sickness. Because Jesus has already carried the curse on the cross. He's got no part. The devil's trying to pass something off to you as legal when it's actually illegal for it to be there. All of a sudden that starts working on the inside of you and some sniffle comes up on your kids. Ooh, I don't even feel bad for the devil because he's a jerk. But if I could, I would. Because you're going to come at him. You're going to go after him in prayer. Ah, you ain't got no right to be here, devil. That sickness does not belong in this household. It doesn't belong in this family. It doesn't belong in this body. No, not standing for it. You've crossed the line. Of course, that's his job. But every sickness and disease we're redeemed from. Every sickness. Look at Matthew 8, 16.
Matthew 8, 16. I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. It says, When evening came, they brought to him many, brought to Jesus, many who were under the power of demons. And he drove out the spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick. All who were sick. This happens over and over again. We're going to look at it a little bit later in this series, but this happens over and over again. See, if one of us, how many would you say people are, feel like they're paying for their sickness because they did something wrong or God's got another plan? I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out what God's doing. Obviously, he didn't want to heal me because I prayed and it didn't happen, right? How many, what percentage of people, believers, would have said something or lived by that? Based on my observation, probably 90%, right? Wouldn't we find that per same percentage in the people that Jesus healed? Would not there be an account of Jesus didn't heal them all because some of them need to learn some stuff. Some of them need to figure some stuff out. But that's not in there. That's written in there by tradition and pride that's missed the other absolutes of the goodness and character of God. See, that's written in there from experience because people have judged their experience wrong without looking at all the variables. Most of the variables being us. But that's not in there. Look at what happened. He, here it is again. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons and he drove out the spirits with a word and restored health to all who were sick. This is the heart of God. To restore all help to all who are sick. And that means anyone that will come to him. Anyone that will come to him. Now, many of us, we've come to him and asked him for prayer and there have been times where we haven't seen it. Again, the variable then is not God. He wants to heal all, but we now have the responsibility. I'm telling you, in terms of faith in this world, we are like in kindergarten still in the church. We've got to amp up our faith and grow in it. It's the one thing that Jesus really didn't give the disciples a pass on. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We need to rise, build our faith. We need to build it. We've got to quit making excuses for it. Quit saying it's everything else but us and take some responsibility and grow up. This is the issue. And stop making some other kind of doctrine to line up with how you had it all perfect, but God's teaching you something. Nonsense. Long time ago, I'd have said something else right there. That's a bunch of junk. That's not what I would have said either. You've got to realize God's will is to heal you. He is healing himself and he's drawing us to him. His will is to heal you. His will is to heal you, period. It's absolute. That's his will. Then it says this in verse 17. And thus he fulfilled, Jesus fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and he bore away our diseases. In other words, he fulfilled what Isaiah prophesied about him. That he didn't just come and talk to us and give us some good messages. No, he came to literally grab our sicknesses, our infirmities, our weaknesses, and he carried them away with him into hell where he left them there. And then he arose from the grave, victorious Christ, firstborn of many brethren. And on that cross, he bore he carried the weight of your infirmities. The word there is to bear, carried, lifted. It's past tense. He, he already took care of it. He carried it. He bore weaknesses and infirmities in his body so that you would not do it again. 
He carried it. He paid for it. Again, looking at that example, how silly would it be for Jesus to carry the weight and then somebody pay double for it? And who are they paying double to? The devil, basically. Why would you do that? Who here would, I would give you, uh, I would say, hey, we got a whole bunch of groceries out there and we want to give them to you. We got some milk and some bread. Apparently some snow's coming. And uh, we got some milk and some bread. And then how many of you would take the milk and the bread, go back to the grocery store, put them down on the counter and say, hey, I'd like to pay for these. Only the insane ones. <laughs> so why have we taught the devil into letting him do the same thing with us? Why would you pay twice for it? Why would you bear it twice? Carry, carry it twice? Makes no sense. And we already have the word that he didn't just carry a few. He carried everyone that would ever be named or unnamed. Every one of them. Man, I sense faith rising up in y'all right now. Yeah. Now let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. We worship you. Hallelujah. So let's review. Is, do we pray if it's be thy will when we know what his will is? No. What is his will? He is, he called himself by name. I am healing. I'm healing. By name. He said, not only am I healing, but I'm about healing you right now. I'm about healing you. Glory to God. That's who he is. He is our healing. He is healing itself. Healing is a part of the complete work of Christ. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy, healing all. As believers, we are redeemed from the curse. All sickness, named or unnamed, was in the curse that we're redeemed from. Our healing has already been upheld. Our healing's already done. And then he says this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He says, For he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Now see, that either becomes an absolute truth to you or you got to meditate on it for four or five years all the time while you're sick. Childlike faith says, whoa, whoa, whoa. God just says, I was healed. I, I take that. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate it. Glory to God. I, I'll take that. I'll have that. I'll have a dose of that healing right now for the rest of my life. But right now it starts forever. I have already been healed. I've already been healed. I've already been healed. I've already been healed. I'm the healed of the Lord. 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 Say it with me if you want. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm already healed. If you want prayer for healing or anything else, come up right now, but particularly healing. You want prayer for healing? Come up right now. I'm the healed of the Lord. We're the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. Glory to God. I'm the healed of the Lord. Thank you, Father. I'm the healed of the Lord. Say that with me. Say, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You notice in that last scripture, it says that on the cross, he bore our sins. On the cross, he bore our sins, right? Now listen, did he bear your sins on the cross? Did he? Can you go to heaven if he didn't? No. You're not going to heaven if Jesus did not carry your sins. 
on that cross. You notice in the same verse, God equates them. Uh, a lot of people say that, that your sins, being forgiven of sins and those, that weight being carried, they are twins with healing. They go hand in hand. You see that a lot of times. Salvation and healing, they are twins. You remember when the guy was let down through the roof and he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Go and be healed. Why? Because they go together. They go together. You see on that cross, not only were the sins carried, but also the sicknesses and infirmities were carried. Let me just say this to you. If, you. if he didn't carry your infirmities, he no more carried your infirmities than he carried your sin. So if you can't believe that God carried your infirmities, you need to check what you think he can carry. Because if you can't believe he carried your infirmities, you're going to have a hard time believing he also carried your sin. But most people will agree that he carried sins, but the same verse says he also carried your infirmities and they're already done away with, completely healed by his stripes. Amen. So Lord, when we